0: So here we are in the Mud Room, which is a podcast of the Elizabethtown Church of God where we're talking about testimonies so we get to know each other better so that when we have our big, large gatherings, you can come and like sidle somebody and say, hey, I know this about you and I'd like to talk about
1: it. (laughs) That's not creepy at all. Not
0: creepy (laughs) at all. But I think it's working. It's working for me anyway. (laughs) So we're just going to dive right into it. Today we have with us... Aubrey. Of course. Yeah. And...
1: Marianne Ann, Krotharmel.
0: Is that how you really say it?
1: That's how I say it?
0: It's your name. How You should know how to.
1: <laughs> okay, so my maiden name was Landis, so there really was no interpretation of it. It's just two words, land is. And now I have Krotharmel, which apparently in German means cabbage lover, according to my husband. Um, so I'm really sorry if you struggle to keep this on point today, Ian. <laughs>
0: Cabbage lover, perfect. All right, Miss Cabbage great. lover. I
2: think I say your name differently. Like every time I try to say it to somebody,
0: <laughs> I, r- I run through it like ten times in my head, and then I just I do my best. Like <laughs> just
2: say my first name. Yeah. Make eye contact. Said better. Be like, hey, your kids are doing something. That's probably what you're telling me anyway. Well, I don't say your last name to you. It would be to try to talk about you. Or mention you.
0: You'll never <laughs> believe what Marianne <laughs> Krusenich called no, you. Nobody knows who that
2: is, so that's
1: a, that's a help. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. no.
0: I think more people know you than you realize. Pro-
1: probably, maybe? Fra-
2: mm. Probably, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: going to love it today. All right. In a battle between ninjas and pirates, which side are you choosing? And what are you bringing to the battle? Uh. And we're expecting big answers here because –
1: we're Am I expecting. allowed to mention Dungeons and Dragons? Absolutely. You can mention okay.
0: whatever you want just so long as you're a ninja or a pirate.
1: I would pick ninja Ooh, Okay. because <laughs> when it comes to like battles, I'd rather be sneaky and like hide in the shadows. And I play a, my main character right now as a rogue. Okay. So I'd rather be able to like do the background stuff. I'm not going to be the one at the front of the group like leading the charge. Hmm. I like to kind of like
0: stay in the periphery, stay in the stealthy.
1: periphery stealthy, or be the one on the edge, like seeing what's up ahead and reporting back. But I'm not like guns a blazing or like draw your sword, like, eh. So, I you can. know, there was
0: lots of lots of flailing gestures and like inward <laughs> movement there. Just there so everybody... should
1: not be a single surprise about that if you me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay. So, so you, you, are you more of a, of a, of a loner? Would you call yourself a loner or are you a group person or I'm wondering if because of how you describe the ninja, if there's a little more to that.
1: Mm-hmm. I like both. Like I like to do my own thing but with people or a small group, a very small group. Small group with Once people. you get past like six people. Watch out. Yeah. Okay. So I think two ninjas can like find their niche and stay there okay. whereas pirates are just like rah!
0: rah that's probably why they drink so much
1: i mean <laughs> i didn't know that it's part of the equation but <laughs> well,
0: they're pirates that's
1: know. true i
0: don't know much about pirates other than they have boats and they drink and they have swords they swash swashbuckle, swashbuckle? <laughs> what is swashbuckling
1: that's i thought that was is that another name for pirates? sword fighting is that sword fighting i just gotcha. know there's a swashbuckler brew pub at the renaissance fair
0: I haven't been there in a while.
1: Yeah, neither have I. But
0: anyhow, ninja. Ninja. Aubrey, are you a ninja or a pirate? Have we talked about this yet? I don't know if you and I have shared our thoughts on this
2: one. I don't know, but I'm definitely a ninja.
0: You're definitely a ninja.
2: Absolutely, because I'm, yeah, stealth. Like, that's even how I play Zelda and stuff. I'm not the one charging in. Mm-mm. I'm, like, up sneaking around, and they don't know what hit them. <laughs> and then I take out as many people as I can that way nice. before I ever try to go in. <laughs> <Okay.
0: So laughs> <laughs> you take them, pick them off one by one. <laughs> exactly. And then go with you. And they're, you like, need.
2: trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. That's gotcha. <laughs> the one time
1: I tried to play a fighter before we were able to engage with anything, we had to disarm all our weapons. So I was like, this is dumb.
0: Yeah. You need the weapons.
1: I know. <laughs> I tried.
0: <sighs> so the first time I met you, it was and Church of God, and I think I was playing music for Dave at some evening service type thing. Um, this was years ago. I can't remember exactly when, but that was my first memory. I remember seeing a young family and thinking to myself, they come to church. Sounds good. Um, but that was it. No, you're making a weird face.
1: Cause I'm trying to think of when that would have been.
0: Oh, I think we're talking like seven years, maybe eight years.
1: So me and DJ were there. Uh huh.
0: In the okay. evening, teeny tiny room. I was standing off to the side. Andy might even, and Donna might even have been there. This was before – oh, so maybe it was older than that. It was before they moved to Ohio. Where's Andy? He knows facts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was my first – the first time I ever met you.
1: I do not yes. remember that. Ouch. But yet somehow I feel like I've always known you.
0: That's well, so, I mean. I have that effect on people.
2: I met you at Dave's. Yeah, that's right. Beginning of the house church stuff. Mm-hmm. At the like pre-meeting mm-hmm. or whatever.
0: <laughs> There's a, there was a pre-meeting? for it. There was a meeting about meetings?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, there Correct. was. I did that for my house too. Just seemed like, like the the get right to get right to know each do. other. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like the right thing to do. Perfect. We talked that's
1: about funny. what we might do in the future. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was just as we were starting all the house church stuff mm-hmm. and like I didn't know anybody. I mean yeah it it was nice to have a little like meet and greet get to know each other kind of thing before that became
2: mm.
1: our church.
0: And why did why did it become your church? That was one of the big questions um, I wanted to ask you right. today. What took you from from the middle of the woods Duncan and out here to like suburban white people house 40 in houses? minutes away every day yeah. every week? Um, a couple of times a week because it's Wednesday.
1: It mm-hmm. is Wednesday. Thank you for the reminder. Um, <laughs> I think primarily for me, it's Dave and Nikki. Um, I have a very church history, etc., cetera, leading up to when E-Town kind of became my place. Um, and it felt different here because we even started coming to regular services while they were still meeting at the church. Um, and it, it felt different. Um, probably felt the spirit more here than I did at the place we were going previously. Mm. Um, and that made me want to keep coming back. And knowing and seeing Dave and Nikki more as my friends then as my pastor, um, versus in the past, maybe they were the pastor first and then became my friends, I've always felt that I could be my full self with them, um, and that's pretty huge. Once again, with my varied past, with churches, etc., getting to a place where I could bring all of me to the table, and that'd be okay. I didn't feel like I was too much or anything like I could just be me. And that's pretty huge. Hmm. Um, and that was kind of the church culture that he created here, or at least that's what I was getting from it. Whether or not anyone else did, I don't know.
2: No, absolutely. Um,
1: and then (laughs) moving into the church houses has been even better for me. Um, because you can't hide in the church house. There's no church game to play in the church houses. Um,
0: it's not good for ninjas.
2: No. <laughs> um, but it's not a battle. That's funny. It's
0: not a battle either. Yeah, this it's is very true. <laughs> true.
2: It's, so when a, you, it's a family, you know. It's, yeah.
0: So when you say it felt different, is that the difference you were talking about, that you could bring your whole self, or was there more to that?
1: bringing my whole self but then also like feeling the spirit here more so than I had in other places at that season of my life and now I think we just have those relationships and that connection and network
2: here now that we didn't necessarily have before it's a welcoming place here it's Mm -hmm. Dave and Nikki definitely do a great job at that, but everybody else too. I think that mm-hmm. special, we have a special group of people.
0: I think we do. <laughs> I think we have we have a very diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. Yes, so and, I,
1: and also I don't mention Dave and Nikki as though they are the sole ones that we interact with, mm-hmm. but like,
0: you just like them better.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, I don't blame it. Like, Nikki is the one that she's had the experience of having three kids and trying to manage the house and the kids and the family and the hut. Like she's my person for that stuff. Mm -hmm. Plus she can give me that like godly wisdom and insight and reel me in when I'm out in left field. Mm. But then she also came over and helped me sort out a room full of boxes and kids toys when I am, Completely overwhelmed and incapacitated and just didn't know where to start. Hmm. She just sat down and, like, helped me go through stuff to the point where she was like, do you really need to keep this? And I was like, (laughs) yes. She did not understand it, but she let me do it. (laughs) Um, I'd say they've been pretty influential overall. Yeah. That's
2: awesome.
0: So we've been talking about testimonies. And, Aubrey, you were about to say something. Sorry, I jumped in. No, you weren't.
2: Um, <laughs> yes, I was, but you made me forget it instantly. <laughs> Sorry. <Jeez. laughs>
0: but we've been we've been talking about testimonies as as a way of looking back at memories with with God. So do you have have some memories? I know Aubrey has some more in depth questions here, but maybe we can get that to get that ball rolling. About do you have um, a, a, a first memory with Jesus? Hmm.
1: I feel like it's like all layered, complex.
0: That's okay. We got not, time.
1: Um. So I grew up in Duncannon Yeah. And I grew up going to like the United Methodist Church in town.
0: You're in Duncannon your yes, whole life. Yes. Awesome. Okay. I
1: did move out of town for a minute, and then I met DJ, and then I moved back. Mm. Um, which is funny. But I grew up going to the United Methodist Church. Uh that group and that church and those people kind of became like second family for me. Um, And I I can't really say, and even one of the questions is, is there a before and after for you? Mm -hmm. But I can't, I can't say that there's a before and after, but there is a, it's just this continuous storyline for me. And sometimes God plays a big role in that story that I'm seeing and acknowledging and engaging with. And sometimes it's not. So I would, I would say church and God it has, it's just been like, it just was true, it real. As I get older and now that I have kids, that's prompting a lot more questions. Um forcing me to dig in a little bit further but I can say so I grew up going to the United Methodist Church and there was never like a conversion moment there but then I went to the Church of God up on the hill like one time and they talked about Jesus and then they kind of went into the conversion side of things and I would say that's when I had that moment using air quotes um (laughs) because I I still don't see that moment as being a turning point because it was already there. Mm -hmm. I was already doing the stuff. I was doing the things, but if I had to say, pick a point in time, I would say it was that time at the church of God, um, which kind of always made me laugh a little bit because I always going to the United Methodist church forever, but yet there was no push for like conversion. Hmm. Um, it just, it just was, but I was young then and you don't, I didn't really ask the same questions then
2: as I do now. Um, so would that be a moment that you would say that like it went from your head to your heart?
1: I'd say that's pretty
2: accurate. Yeah. <laughs> That's, just, that's what I was hearing but uh, yeah I got you. Uh, yeah yeah, oh cool
1: I would agree with that that's awesome it's been a long like until you guys sent me the questions or the things to think about for the podcast it's been a long time since I've like really sat down to like put some of this stuff into words, so that was that was kind of interesting and fun to do.
0: How old were you when you went up the hill to the the church of God?
1: Uh, maybe Roughly. Like 12-ish. 12-ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: So then you were young too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So not a time without Jesus up the hill. And then just ever since?
1: Yeah, but like I said, there's been season. It's <laughs> my analogy is I always go back to like the onion or the ogre analogy from Shrek where there's <laughs> yeah. layers. Yeah. And as you grow – For each layer that you get to where you get to know yourself, there's a different layer that you need to reacquaint yourself with Christ. Oh, Um, I like that. So I can't say that here is the moment that I accepted Christ, but I feel like in each stage of my life, you need to reacquaint yourself because of what you know about yourself. You Mm -hmm. need to learn more about him to be like, oh, okay. So now I you can reorient yourself again to Christ and who he is and I would fast forward it to now with having kids the biggest struggle that I've had and I'm having is struggling with the act of crucifixion and seeing that as a mother seeing crucifixion as an act of love um uh, that's really hard for me to grasp. Hmm. Or even the Abraham Isaac thing. Um or even the the story of Noah's Ark. It, I get it as a forty one year old person that's had life experience, but how do I look at my kid?
2: hmm
0: How do you?
1: I don't I don't know either. I don't know. Um but then there's so much in the faith that rests on that. That how do you not just throw the proverbial baby out with the bathwater? And for a while I did. Yeah. Um, where I was just like, I can't, I can't subscribe to this anymore. Because it's, it doesn't make sense. So somehow I'm, I'm in a place right now where I'm struggling with that seeing the necessity of spilled blood and how that works into the whole picture of it. God's also prompting me. Will we listen to songs like the goodness of God Mm -hmm. and God's like, you're saying that I'm good. You're saying that I'm good here. Why is it that you doubt me? Why is it now that you question the crucifixion and the goodness and that I don't have an answer for that yet, but I'm still holding on to it all. And then also reading the book of Ruth and seeing how God works through the mess.
0: You say that like it isn't always a mess,
1: right? But like, a lot of
0: people say those type of things, but I think it's it's all a mess by and large. I think that's that's chapter three of the Bible. Hold on, this is a mess. Right. Wait a
1: minute, <laughs> you know, it never really resolves until we get to heaven. Well, honestly, hopefully, fingers
0: crossed.
1: Right, <laughs> but like. I'm in such a yes and both and season that it's... Oof. So honestly, I keep just being like having three kids. I don't really have a lot of free time to like sit down and journal my thoughts or mm-hmm. whatever. Half the time I end up just like sending Dave a message like, here's a parking lot thought because I'm in the middle of doing dishes or trying to keep a kid from running into the street or something where I'm like, okay... So I'm getting the blood part. I'm getting the crucifixion part. But all of that was to satisfy a requirement that God put in place in the first place. And then in the next message, I'm like, but Ruth was still a love story Mm. between God and his people
0: you know the old christian cliche that god meets us where we are mm-hmm. i think sometimes that's what we got to understand we're not where those people were we're not where the the hebrew people were 5000 years ago we're not where they were 2000 years ago and people you know 500 years from us are going to look back and be like what the heck was wrong with them about
1: where I was five years. ago. Yeah, right? I
0: know, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things I love about right. God. I love to see God as the as the 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 thing that is always pulling us forward. You know, to the to a better humanity. But yeah, I think sometimes it's more important to know that it needed to be done than why it needed to be done, because there was a group of people that wouldn't understand Jesus any other way. They only understood a sacrificial system that made things right with God and. So if things were going to be right with God, then something had to die, you know? Like they wouldn't have accepted Jesus being like, you don't need to do that anymore. It's Because it's okay. right. like even after he did and he was like, see, we don't have to do it anymore. They were like, no, kill everything. Like we still need to kill the things and we still need to cut our penises and we still need to do this. And Jesus is like, no, no, wait, we don't need to do this anymore. And they're like, but we will. Right. You know? And that's how people are, you know? Like this is what we do. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's hard for you to go through though. like it it's those are really big questions mm-hmm. you're dealing with really <laughs> big.
1: It's funny, like even framing it the way you just did reminded me of probably my favorite quote that I've had since college because I've always been that big question person, and i I am also a black and white thinker where I'm like, everything needs to fit in a box. And sometimes people are just like, it doesn't work that way. Um, It's a quote by Rainer Marie Rilke. Uh, Be patient toward all that is unresolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing, live along some distant day into the answer.
0: I feel like Um, you don't believe that.
1: uh, that (laughs) I feel like you
0: want to believe that, but you're not willing to, to settle into it.
1: That helps me accept the tension that is.
0: Okay. What about you, Aubrey? Are you black and white? Do you like do you like gray areas? Do you want your things no, in boxes? I'm like,
2: there's hundred million billion shades of gray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I see all all sides of most situations, and that has its own challenges. <laughs> uh,
0: I feel like it'd be hard to make decisions because I'm more of a, a box type of person, <laughs> so, where it's like it can fit here, 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 and here, and if you don't think it fits in those boxes, you're clearly wrong
1: but yet it's it's still like you it's still there. So like what are you doing then? But then I, like you said I'm sometimes- a heicle.
0: I don't mind tension. I like a good fight. And I like, <laughs> I like I'm more pirate in that regard. Like me and my clan is coming at you. Like
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Man, it's a heicle thing. Ask Nicky Bash, I'll tell you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh.
2: So you're you're the pirate then? I think
0: so. I, I go back and forth about this. I don't know about myself.
2: Well, did you come up with your skills?
0: Did I come up with my skills? Yeah, I thought so you were it. looking at them, baby. What Welcome skills? To the we, gun show.
2: What pirate Ridiculous. skills do you bring to the fire? <laughs> <laughs> Besides the drinking, Ouch. <laughs> you're so, not alone in that one. I
1: might be a ninja, but I'll join you. Out. <laughs> I don't know. I was.
0: I like the freedom. I feel like <laughs> pirates have more freedom. Like How? that's the whole. Well, that was the whole point of piracy.
1: How was well, that different than the ninjas? Why did they not have?
0: Oh, ninjas freedom? had to spend years and years getting hit with sticks by older ninjas to learn ninja skills. Pirates, you just, wow. you know, like <laughs> I, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm
0: doing it. That's definitely more
2: DJ, I think, <laughs> out on the open sea. Yeah, just sail it, wherever. just
0: gonna run full bore into it, whether I really know what I'm doing or not. You know?
2: scurvy and all.
0: Yeah, scurvy. Take a couple oranges. Ooh, my no. needles. Pine needles, yeah, you can make tea I out of pine needles. C. No, that's a, that's a good thing to know. People need to know you can make tea out of pine needles. The apocalypse is coming, Aubrey. You get right? ready.
2: Pine needle tea, yeah, It's
0: high in vitamin C. Yeah, lots of vitamin C. If you ever like plane crashes and you need, Some you are need road vitamin tips
2: C for that matter, but.
0: See, but I feel like people wouldn't be able to find rose hips too. Early. Yeah, right. Like, I don't know. That takes rose a little more are, skill.
2: There's pine needles like everywhere. Yeah, <laughs>
0: green ones don't. When they're brown, you don't want them. When they're brown, get okay. them like right off the tree. So, yeah, if you chew them up and eat them, though, it give, give you the tummy troubles. You just want to make tea out of it. Okay. Do you, do you read Dragons Love Tacos to your kids? I've never heard of that. I'll we'll <laughs> give you the books. You'll love it. That's where tummy <laughs> troubles read. comes from.
1: Okay, I read Dinosaur Poop to Planet. They don't actually pick it. I pick it because I think
0: it's hilarious. Dinosaur Poop to Planet.
1: It's on Amazon Kids Plus. And they're like, hey, guys, it's mommy's turn to pick a book tonight.
0: (laughs) All right. So you were were sharing. One of Aubrey's questions that I, I have always loved is what have you personally seen God do in your life? So, because you talk about being on this spectrum with God and, and moving along in the ways um, your whole life. Have you given any thought to that one?
1: That's the one question I did not have a bullet point for.
2: Um,
0: well, open up one of those boxes and see what's in there.
2: What about a specific experience in your life that stands out That's as a time where you truly felt God's presence or actions?
0: Because they'd kind of be like one and the same.
2: Maybe I yeah, will. But sometimes it resonates different when you watch yeah. it. <laughs>
1: so I'll use some of my bullet points under the first memories of Jesus. Um okay. I don't know why I had to say it like that.
0: I just love <laughs> that you have bullet point answers to these questions. Because
1: I couldn't like I'm not gonna write out the narrative of it.
0: No, I'm just excited you wrote things down. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. So I did, after high school, I did go to college. I have a four-year degree in student ministry. (laughs) Oh, wow. Look at you. It was a very conservative, uh, reformed Presbyterian college. Named? Um, Geneva College. Oh, okay. Geneva College. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And I've always been one to question. And so I graduated school and then I went after college. I went back to the home church that I grew up in. I started doing youth ministry there. And this is brand new adult right out of school, started doing youth men, working full-time. Like it was way too much for me at the time. Was it were, the um, Church of God one yeah, or the it was, Methodist? It was a Methodist church. Okay.
0: And you um, said adult. What, what age are you calling yourself an adult there?
1: Like 18, 19. Yeah. Like fresh out of school. Wait, <laughs> when did I graduate college? Twenty twenty. So yeah, just barely legally 21. an adult on yeah, yeah, paper,
0: yeah. let alone like true adult <laughs> Right. <life. laughs>
1: and I didn't I, – I was barely figuring myself out, not to mention working a full-time job and doing a student ministry with like multiple classes and even whatever. Also around that time is when I got my ADHD diagnosis. So that was pretty huge to unpack that in the midst everything else but there was a lot of struggle in that season because i had all these ideas and things i wanted to do but i couldn't bring anything to fruition Mm -hmm. i felt like i was just failing at everything and once i had taken a step back from that leadership role there i i needed a break from all of it and i remember at one point being at a friend's house they were friends with some professors at messiah i believe one of the Bible professors was there. We were just hanging out. I forget the whole context. But I remember talking to them, saying that like reading the Bible and everything like that just felt like a chore. It felt like work. And I knew God was bigger than that. But all this stuff, it just it felt like so much work. And I remember one of the most freeing things that I'd ever heard was then walk away. Stop reading for a while. Give yourself a break. And that that took mm-hmm. that pressure off for me. And I think within, I think it was 2007, because my grandmother passed away that year too. And so I entered into this chapter where I'm taking a step back from all this God church stuff, once again, air quotes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then my grandmother's in the ICU She's still with us at that time, and we would, like, we ended up sleeping in the waiting room for, like, a week. I remember walking up and down the hallways, and one of the rooms that I passed, the person had just died. Mm -hmm. And there was someone standing there. I think it was the wife or something. Someone was standing there breaking down completely by themselves, and I went in and I hugged them that was probably one of the most pivotal moments at that point in my life because God was just kind of like, hey, I'm bigger than all that. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Hmm. I'm real, I'm here. In this moment, it's holy ground, and this is what it's about. It's not about the checklists. It's not about the books that you've read. It's not about the stuff that you know. It's not about any of that. It's about this. And that... Yeah.
2: That was a moment.
0: That's a big one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's a beautiful moment. So then to fast forward
1: to today, which is, once again, I'm in a season again, going through the how to read the Bible book, which was something that I did in college. This is the first time I'm kind of circling back to something that I did in college, that for the longest time I just saw as like a source of shame. Because I have this education. I have this experience. I have this had. Had. This knowledge. I don't know what I did with it for the last 20 years.
0: <laughs> you sat with a lady. And I'm sure way more than that.
1: Right. But it's. I feel like it. I'm in a season right now where it's pulling together all these disparate threads to form some kind of cohesion. Yeah. And I'm just trying to hold on.
0: (laughs) Hold on to the Mm. threads or hold on to the the cohesion?
1: Just keep going. Okay. You know what
2: I mean? Sure. Sure. I, I bet you use that education a lot more than you think you do, too ministering when you don't realize it like i know that you i mean i can always talk to you and you've helped help, talk to me about some things that are helpful mm-hmm. um you know when we're alone <laughs> yeah
1: right while you're cooking in my kitchen. Right. Does that seem to be
2: what you do when you come over? Yeah, well, I just like to hang out and gift you. It's so, <laughs> so amazing. It is amazing. I get to be a part of your life for that day.
1: Yeah.
2: It blesses me too, though. And then we get to talk, right. and you're very wise in ways that you probably don't see. No, I appreciate it very much. Well, thank yeah. you. I'm certain that your education is part of that, Yeah. It's it's part of you. (laughs) It's just funny when Dave's like, well, when did this
1: happen? And I'm like, who was that? I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember.
0: (laughs) And I think sometimes, too, it's important to remember that there are people who would kill to not lead with their education Mm. and to just be able to present their life and talk with people outside of that situation, you know? And you know, the moment you start talking about I used to be a youth leader and I went to school for youth ministry is the moment that everybody comes to you and is like, how about you do something with the kids? You know? How about <laughs> oh, some <yeah>. laser tag?
1: <laughs> That's already been tried. And then I started doing it and I was like, I don't know if I like them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so true?
1: Because like I was bar- – like. I was fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any life experience. I didn't have the wisdom then that I do now. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the lived experience to actually pour into someone else. I'm not saying I want to do it now. I have my own kids to worry about. But, like, I didn't know any more than they did. I had some book smarts, sure, but what what is that if it's not tied to wisdom?
0: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times youth ministry turned into who's the only person that can keep up with the kids rather than who are the kids need to hear from, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's.
1: And then tie another part of it in, DJ just started listening to The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill.
0: Mm, Okay. Mark Driscoll's church. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And I've only heard some snippets, but it's more so a critique, I think, of Early 2000s church culture. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a lot more of what I was trying to unpack than actually the gospel. Yeah. So I'm like, Mm. okay, God, can we like, can we deconstruct like one thing at a time? Like (laughs) one thing at a time, and then we'll get there.
0: Yeah. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot there, especially for us that have been at this game for a long time. Mm
1: hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's sometimes, Aubrey, I am jealous of your, well, it says it. It's right here. You do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was looking uh, at the table, too, trying to figure out what was written there.
1: (laughs) The words were here, but the mouth wasn't wording. Um, (laughs) But you can approach scripture with such a level of innocence and lack of baggage than I can. Like, and there's times you're just like, oh, okay, this is what we should do. Cool. And I'm like, wait, like, what?
0: Do you even know the historical context of that? (laughs) Do you know what that word means? It's and
2: hermeneutics and pericope. I still love that word, pericope. 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 I don't know that one. It is how
1: you would, a word you would use to describe the chapter or section of scripture that you're studying.
2: It's just a fun word to I've say. I've read that. I didn't know how to say that. <laughs> that's what I was always told. I don't. I don't know if it's right. I don't now know. I spend either. the rest of your Normalcy.
0: life trying to forget that word.
1: <laughs> Pericope.
0: Oh. I think you've spent a lot of time in academics, and I think sometimes going back and just reading the Bible as a letter, and a love yeah, letter. It's really hard. It is, but try it sometime because you got the
1: smarts to do it. I kind to listen to the message, and I'm like, this oh. is kind of dumb.
2: <laughs> no, I, I don't like dumb. the. Mi- I personally don't like the message at all. Yeah, but there what? are times really? I need it to
1: oh, like sometimes out love of it. it. And I'm such a verbal processor too, where like I might get something and I'm like, I I need to talk this out, but mm. then somebody poops their pants, so <laughs> I have to deal with that.
0: Tiny humans are the worst at that.
1: <sighs> always, Iris is always like. It was an accident. And I'm like, no, you you stood there and you pooped. Hmm. That that was not an accident.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> I miss having those kinds here. of stories to laugh at in real time.
2: Hmm.
1: Do you? Do you really Yeah,
0: the stories to laugh at, not actually doing
1: it. Oh yeah.
0: Everything's either a good time or a good story, and most of the time with children is good stories. So, it's Well, that
1: reminds me of something the other day. I forgot to, I think I even forgot to tell DJ this one. So, I've got the kids like in the it doesn't have to do with poop. You can relax. Your face looks very worried. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not big
0: on bodily it is, functions. It
1: is pee though. So, sorry. It's a little better. Um, so I've got the girls like almost trained that when we're out for a walk or something and they see trash, they pick it up. So they talked me into going for a walk the other day. I was cranky. I didn't want to go. I knew I needed to. So we did. We went down to the park. They found little pieces, put it in the bottom of the stroller. Not a big deal. So I have the stroller and the baby and Iris on a swing and Violet, like quite a bit away was like, Hey mom, I need your help coming to pick up this trash. And, like, at the park, there's, like, a hillside that goes up to 11 and 15. Mm. So, you know, you get, like, road trash, whatever. And before I even know it, I'm following her over there, like, leaving the other two kids alone for some reason. She's trying to, like, climb halfway up this hill. And I'm like, what? What am I doing? Like, I probably should have stopped this. But anyway, there's, like, a can that's up on the side of the hill. So she's trying to grab it so we can throw it away. And she finally got it and she like tumbled it down the hill. And I was like, we are not touching that can again. That was not beer in that can. <laughs> that was definitely someone's pee. Awesome. So you can feel free to leave that out of the podcast.
2: No, no, it'll, definitely with you. it'll definitely stay in there.
0: It'll definitely stay in there because that is life. Sometimes <laughs> you're trying to do a good thing and you get peed on.
1: Yeah. It was gross.
0: I love that you went after your other kid and then you reminded yourself, oh, wait, there's I have two. What, uh, what was I thinking?
1: <laughs> but I was already like more than halfway mm-hmm. closer to the older one. And... Don't you hate it
2: when that's they go parents. in different directions? <laughs> that's why I don't leave the
1: house. <laughs>
0: it's got walls. <laughs> Baby locks. Uh-huh. I, know. Uh. I
1: know. But she has learned how to scale the railing. Violet, Violet. learn how to scale the railing on the outside. Oh. The other day she had the TV turned completely to the other side of the room so she oh could watch it. really? Mm-hmm. All the way up
2: there? Mhm.
1: <laughs> mhm. I'm oh. really grateful for the break right now.
0: We're glad you're here.
2: Absolutely.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to leave us in the podcast here before we hit the off button? Mm-hmm.
1: I think the thing that I always come back to is I'm grateful that God is big enough for all of it. All of it. The happy, the sad, the anger, the questions. You don't need to be afraid to go to him with your crap. I mean, even yesterday, I was like, God, you're the one that knows where things are. Where, where is my purse? (laughs) (laughs) And I literally had to uncover it. Bags of laundry, like, baskets of laundry, like, it was under multiple baskets of laundry on my kitchen table.
2: I've asked, I've asked him to help me with some really silly stuff, too, but when you get desperate for something, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you just help me. Help me.
1: He's always there. He's I think up. it was after I had to like a half breakdown with the kids where I'm just like, just put shoes. Like, I don't care what shoes. Not high heels. Not flip flops. Just shoot. Just find some shoes. <laughs> Put them on your feet. Mm -hmm. Parenting is neat.
0: (laughs) All right. I think that's a wrap.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Marianne. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mudroom, a podcast of the Elizabethtown Church of God. We hope through these conversations we can grow as a family and that we can grow closer to God. To find out more about what we're doing, search for us online at etownfirst.com. COG.org or find us on Facebook or YouTube at e First COG.